It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. For all your fantasy football needs, check out the Ringer Fantasy Football Show with me, Danny Kelly, along with Danny Heifetz and Craig Horlbeck. That's the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. It is time because the 53 have been chosen. It is time for the Bears to set sail on the campaign that is 2022-2023 and to bring you more hope, to bring you more joy, to bring you more education, to bring you more entertainment, we bring in our guy, Kevin Fishbane. Kevin, it's good to see you. Jay, I don't know about the hope and joy, Jason. <laughs> no, no, no. This I, I, I read today that the Bears gonna go twelve and five. That's what I read. So you know, it is up to you. And, you know, your, your fellow scribes, you know, whether you're at The Athletic or the podcast, the, the numerous podcasts. That I, 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 I got to say this, too, by the way. Kevin Fishbane, ladies and gentlemen, has been on a 21 Savage J. Cole type of feature run where every time he touches a mic when it comes to the Bears on someone else's podcast, it is fire absolutely fire. You're learning stuff from him. And then he comes over here and he slums it with us for a little bit. But Kevin. This is what we got. What do you think of the final 53, my man? And what were the biggest surprises that coming into camp you would not have guessed? Coming into camp, I would not have told you that Tyson Bajent's Division II quarterback, and, and I should say that while we're recording this, he's the number two quarterback. We should, you know, let's stipulate that because it's, I don't know, if you're Ryan Poles and you got the number one waiver claim, 
there's some quarterbacks out. So, but even even if they take somebody else, just the fact that he's on the roster, I think, is maybe mm-hmm. the biggest surprise based on wh- what I would have told you at the beginning of camp. Otherwise, I was talking to Pat Finley, you know, a friend of the program uh, today, and Pat and I are like, you know, we've been doing this for over a decade now, and this was like the least surprising 53. There just wasn't a whole lot of, yeah, I know there's a lot of people up in arms about Travis Gibson, but if you've been watching and reading and following, that, that wasn't surprising. That was like, I mean, you can, you can have a conversation about whether or not he's good enough to be on the team, but I think we've, we've known since day one, really what the team thinks of him. So that was, that was the one guy that, again, we knew was coming just based on what we've kind of seen the past few weeks. We were kind of still waiting, waiting, um, so maybe a little bit of a surprise, but otherwise that's your 53 and it is an average roster, like below, mm. slightly below average. Um, I think that I'll say is I've been telling people that Jason, I think the most encouraging thing I saw this summer was the secondary. I thought Kyler Gordon balled out and that was really, really important for them. Jalen Johnson, he's just steady. You know, he knows what he needs to do. He needs to pick. He needs to pick the ball off. He had a good summer. Tyreek Stevenson, like, you, you take the good, you take the bad with him because he is physical. He is feisty. You know, he's going to get in guys' faces. He's going to make plays. Um, and you know, when Jaquan Brisker and A. Jackson are healthy, you can feel good about those two. So I think when you're looking at the roster, where strengths and weaknesses, secondary, you feel good about. Um, and they might need those guys to be really good because I'm not sure where the pass rush is coming from. All right, let's stay on the defensive side before we get to QB1 and the offensive line. Um, that front seven was atrocious last year. And they were thrown together with spare toys and bits and pieces from teams around the league. And a few special teamers were getting a lot of snaps last year on the defensive side. What do they have to be for Allen Williams? Because I want to ask you about the coordinators and, of course, Matt Eberflus in terms of who the most pressure is on coming into this year. A lot of money spent on the defensive side. Resources allocated on the offensive side, and of course, it's up to Matt Eberflus to pull this thing together. But what does Allen Williams have to do with the new pieces on this defense to to instill some kind of confidence going forward that this thing is on the upward trend? Well, you know, we've we've heard so much about the scheme and the three tech and the Will linebacker and the Mike linebacker, and you know, when this defense is playing at its best, those guys are making impact plays. They're helping create takeaways. And like the comparisons can get old when you talk about the Lovey Bears, when you think about Tommy Harris and Erlocker and Briggs, like those are the guys you think of. So for the Bears, like for Alan Williams and Matt Eberflus's defense to look like what it's supposed, I don't know if it's even supposed to look like, what it ideally will look like, a Jervon Dexter is going to eventually be a stud. And he's going to be creating things for TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds to make plays. Um, so I, I'm curious to see, you know, so much of this defense when it works best, that defensive line is helping create opportunities for those two linebackers and the Bears spent a lot of money on those two linebackers and they did so for a reason. So I want to see kind of how those guys are put in position to make impact plays. Cause obviously they didn't get that from the linebackers last year and you got to get what you're paying for. And you're paying a lot of money for those guys. And we've saw, we've seen glimpses of the two of them, what they can do. They're fast. Obviously, Tremaine Edmonds is, you know, an athletic specimen. Um, 
but like I, I think so much of it still starts with that inside defensive lineman. Like that's why Jervon Dexter, I watched him so much of the camp. Like I just wanted to see him just go off. And there were times that you're like, whoa. Like you I mean this dude, remember this dude gave up basketball like right before college because his dad was like, No, no, you're playing football. And so you know, you picture like a basketball body at defensive mm-hmm. tackle. Like you can think about what that could do when he's figured it all out. And I don't know when he'll figure it all out, but I feel like so much is around when that happens and what that can open up for everybody else. Speaking of a basketball body, Dominique Robinson is one of the young men who is uh, tasked to uh, provide pass rush on the other side of Unique and Gakwe. Uh, where is this pass rush going to come from? Uh, we we haven't we've heard a lot about Demarcus Walker. We haven't seen a lot or read a lot about Demarcus Walker because he's missed a lot of August. Um, What's going to happen on the other side of Ngakwe? And is this a situation where a guy comes here to make sure that he gets another couple of years from somebody in the league and he comes here and gets double teamed and only gets six or seven sacks? Yeah, well, they're hoping it's going to be Demarcus Walker. You know, he had his best season last year. And, you know, that guy is he's he's rare in the way he's wired. And I I talked to him because he he's like always barking at guys. And he's, and he's racing guys like, and you know, this is somebody who finally got paid, took him till year seven, finally got paid. And I asked him about it. And he said to me, he was like, anybody who thinks I'm going to like, not try. He's like, kiss my ass, kiss my ass. Because like, I didn't make it to this point to not go out. And you, you know, like Jason, you've been around enough athletes. Sometimes you hear things and sometimes you think it's BS. Like that dude seems like he's pretty real. Like he's just wired in a way. Now, will that translate to impact plays? We don't know. Um, but everybody you talk to from a practice standpoint, they say talks to talk, walks to walk. So he needs to kind of be that guy for the opposite and Godway. Cause I mean, did we see anything from Rasheem green or Dominic Robinson that told you that those guys are going to be putting up five, seven, eight sacks. Look, I know they love Dominic Robinson. I'm interested to see what he can do now that he had this full year of defensive end in the NFL. He spent some time with Robert Mathis, but there, there wasn't much. That, that's why the Travis Gibson thing is a thing because like the bears really prefer these other guys, but they didn't produce and you got to go right. get, you got to, you got to have quarterback production. It, it's as simple as that. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that they're look. It would not. I mean, Walker's going to be here next year, but it would not surprise me if you have two other either highly paid or a high draft pick at defensive end. Like when we're talking next summer, like we'll probably be talking about, hey, they use their the Carolina Panthers pick on the guy out of Ohio State, and oh by the way, they spent twenty million dollars on whoever, and those two plus Walker are or. And Godway has a big season. They they reward him, bring him back. But I I think that you, like that's a position more so maybe than anyone that I I think you're going to have different guys coming in next year based on what we know right now. On the offensive side, we've talked a lot about the skill position players and the new additions. But I think that one of the more important rooms in this entire team is going to be that tight end room. 
I mean, you got Tanyan, you've got Mercedes Lewis, and you've got Cole Komet. So you've got two veterans. You've got a block, a couple of guys who can block in the, on the NFL level. Of course, Mercedes Lewis has made a damn near 20-year NFL career out of block. It's so crazy. I remember booking him when he was coming out of UCLA as a, as a rookie and, and getting passed around city to city to talk to the local sports radio fans about you know playing for their team. And now, fast forward, lo, these many years later, he's a Chicago Bear, which is tripping me out. But but that tight end room, the play action pass, the the comfort and um, repetitions that Justin Fields has to have with those guys, you know, the things that Cole Komet uh, showed you last year, uh, if you're Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, like that room, what's the expectation from those guys, especially with how much we think the Bears want to run the football this year? Well, for one thing, Jason, you didn't point this out. Um, Cole Komet and Robert Tanyan actually are from the area. And I think oh, well, you have to yeah. you have to say that right. every time right. you talk about them. They went to local. Fifty high lashes. School. My bad, brother. My fault. Sorry, uh, fellas. I you know, <laughs> Komet, I mean, we forget he's still young. I mean, he can't he was twenty when he came into the league. So and you when you think of somebody who's has his size, his athleticism, there's more there. Like you can like you can you can argue that there, he still hasn't hit his ceiling. He's got great rapport with fields. I I mean I kind of think Robert Tanyan's this like underrated, under talked about guy who maybe they were like just him. sneak, like maybe they were just sneaking it. Cause I didn't notice him very much in training camp, but then I thought, are they, is this on purpose? Is this by design? They don't want us to see anything, but they've got all these red zone plays dialed up for Robert Tanyan. Cause I mean, that dude killed it. It's crazy. Cause they did Bay. the same thing with Valus Jones. <laughs> yeah. They just hiding them. Yeah. No, that's, that's going on. They, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Fish. I didn't mean to put you in that position, brother. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I wrote about I wrote about Vale's first day of camp, so now I'm like committed. That's the best to time him, to do it. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I just don't know why the whole Valus Jones thing is so it's so intriguing to me, dog. You got this old rookie who's faster than everyone who apparently you can't get the ball into his hands and he doesn't know how to catch punts. That's why you drafted him, though. It's just there's always one or two dudes on a team where it's like, I understand, but come on, guys. Like, at what point? Like, Valus well, Jones is going to have to race everyone on the team next year to find a spot. Like, after a while, it's just gonna be like hey he's just faster than everybody that's why he's playing don't ask us no more damn questions about Bayless Jones he's faster than anybody and he was drafted before all of them so we got to keep him yeah <laughs> um you want to talk you want to talk about the local tight ends again yeah let's get to the local tight ends again yeah. no doubt yeah all right all right look if, if DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are doing what you think they're gonna be doing what opens up middle of the field and you said it I mm-hmm. think too like you, you you obviously you bring in DJ Moore, but this is still going to be a team that's going to that wants to run the ball a lot, that wants to lead the league in rushing, and that's going to open up stuff for these guys too. So I I I, I think that Kamen Tanya are just going to they've been a little just under the radar because there's been understandable focus on wider series, but I think those guys could have big years because I think for Justin Fields too. I was talking to a defensive coordinator who was saying that one of Justin Fields' best routes he hits is those kind of deep 
overs, like kind of the, you know, the deep cross. And you can see a guy like Komet, you know, if he, even if he's lined up in line, taking that big, long kind of, you know, that route across the field and gets behind linebacker, gets in front of the safety and fields hitting him. And, you know, they, they got a, they had a good thing going in the red zone, the two of them last year too. So I, I think that there's something there with those two guys. Uh, and then you get Mercedes Lewis, which I don't know. It's just funny to have a guy in there that, uh, when he was drafted, uh, I was a senior in high school, Jason. <laughs> Damn. I just yeah. told you what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, good talking to you, brother. Thanks for having me. <laughs> just gonna, yeah, right. He's going to make me feel old. Like, come on. Everybody else in the world is doing it, Fish. I, I come to you to make me, you know, keep me young, right? Uh, if I can get these Baylor's Jones jokes off long enough, he and I will be the same age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I was going to ask dog. what Bayless Jones was doing when Marseille's Lewis got drafted. <laughs> he was in his junior year in Tennessee. That's what he, that's what he was doing. <laughs> he was muffing punts for good old Rocky Top. That's what he was doing. I don't know why Bayless Jones is catching strays. Bayless, if you're out here and see you in the street, please don't pull it with me. I apologize. I'm sure you have very, very strong hands. It's <laughs> the reason why you can't catch a punt. All right, back to you, Fish. My bad. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. We already told you where we're going, and now that we know the final 53 for the Chicago Bears, that's seven and a half win total. Yeah, for the regular season, we're going under. We think the Bears are going to go seven and ten on this podcast, but we're going over on some of these player props like Justin Fields' regular season passing yards. I think it's at 27.75, and of course that DJ Moore number. I think it's at 8.55 and a half. You got the half hook right there. I think we're going over for those two players when it comes to individual receiving and individual passing yards, but. It'll only get you seven wins. And that's a lot more than three, right? Three to seven is a nice little jump. So we got those player props for you. And we got the Bears futures for you right here on the Full Go Podcast. And now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Full Go. That's FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends September 18, 2023. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded.
the full goal with Jason Goff. You know, this, uh, can I say some one thing about Bales? <laughs> look, at, look, at, look, at us being, look at us being chatty patties on the pod, by the way. It's listen, like, ooh, you better cut it out. But hold on. Did you hear? Listen, <laughs> listen I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll plant my flag and I'll be the Bales guy this year. And then you can have me on in, in November after he's muffed two punts and they're trying to trade him. I, I felt bad for him because he caught every single punt of camp. Like every punt, like because we were all watching. Everybody was watching. He got every single punt, and then yeah, you know what we call happen. those. <laughs> we we we, we yeah. call those layup line all stars. Is yeah. what we call those guys. Yeah. <laughs> we, we call those those are duties. Those are dudes that call a duty who just kill everything in the pregame lobby. And as soon as you turn the game on and get into it, all of a sudden they run in and screaming for help. I'm not saying that Bayless is that. I'm just saying hypothetically. You know, See, I, I was I was I, a layup line guy in high school because that was the only time I ever got to shoot was the layup lines. <laughs> well, at least Which, you made the team, you know, I did. And you know what? I appreciated Evanston High School with those low backboards. Oh, here we go. You know, here we go. They, the, the low yeah, backboards at Evanston High School. And, and if you yeah. can picture me, Jason, as tall as I am right now is how tall I was when I was 15. And I was trying so hard to do the college layup. I was trying tap, so hard to hit tap that the backboard. <laughs> I was trying so hard. <laughs> I, I remember it so well. And a coach was like, the coach like looked at me like fish. What do you? Because I missed. I was missing every layup because I was just trying so hard. I was like, I finally have an opportunity yeah. to to do it. And it's it's Evanston. Like they they did this for me. I got this opportunity and. Yeah, you know. and you didn't, and you choked on it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but like I said, at least you, at least you made the team, right? Like I, I didn't make the basketball team when I was at Everson Township High School because we had a very good program, and I wasn't very good at basketball. You know, played freshman year and a little bit of sophomore year of football, and I'll never forget asking one of the coaches, "Hey, uh, what can I do to improve my speed after my freshman year?" And uh, the coach dead looked at me and was like, "I don't think we have that drill." And I was like, all right, well, I'll be back here to be the crash test dummy for the ones next week, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, coach. <laughs> you know, so, hey, at least you got a chance to to miss layups on that backboard. I was a I five did. foot five, nothing running around Beardsley Gymnasium. So uh, I, it, was, it was always I was only sophomore year. But, you know, I I, I hit every line of the uh, white guy NFL scouting report. Uh, hard worker Ooh. knows the playbook. Um Except I was not sneaky athletic. Ooh, no, overtly unathletic. Pretty much, pretty much. But I knew where to be yeah, at can't. all times. There you go. There, see, you got back on. You got back on task, though. You Listen, got back on you, message. You, Won't you fool the quarterback. Enough, <laughs> yeah, you watched enough of Chicago Bulls last year, but you know it's important to know where you got to be at all times. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> behind behind the Atlanta Hawks. Behind, it doesn't matter anymore. I mean, the Bears have their fifty-three. We're getting ready to take a seven and ten ride and love every second of it. Let's get to why we came, though. QB1. Last pod, I kind of kind of lifted the curtain a little bit and told everybody, hey, <laughs> this was not the preseason I thought it was going to be. And we didn't get a chance to see a lot of them. 
than what we did the first time. We went crazy, you know, Bears going to the Super Bowl. And then when we saw him the third time around, we're like, all right, maybe they're holding something. Yeah, there it is. The special Robert Tunyon plays. <laughs> that 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 was also being held back with the the Justin Fields command of the offense plays. So Kevin Fishbane, this time next year, are we talking about Justin Fields and extension, hopefully? Or are we talking about Caleb Williams or was it Drake May or, or whoever else is out there on the college football landscape right now and 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 who the new quarterback will be like what are we what are we talking about this time next year after what you witnessed this training camp and what will happen if you were a prognosticator you know I think Jason that worst case scenario isn't necessarily that fields is bad I think worst case scenario is that you don't know and like right now, yep. like just based on what I saw, I can't come here and tell you I know in either direction what's going to happen. And that's just based on preseason. Yep. I mean, we, we already knew that after last year, right? You, you saw plenty that you liked. You saw stuff that you didn't like, but stuff that if he had actual NFL players around him. So if you're asking me like, you know, I'm a big, I gotta, I gotta see it to believe it. I have to, I, I can't like, I, I try to avoid projections because like, I, I just I, I want to see it. And I have not I did not see in camp. Um, I did not come away from camping like we're, we're good. They've got it. They're set. Here we go. Like it just, you know, the, the it, it, it was hard for the offense to just lead a drive downfield. And just, you know, pick up a few first downs and score. Like you're supposed to score a lot of touchdowns in training camp when you're the offense. And they didn't do that very much. So, you know, I I talked I, I talked to I was talking to a coach a couple weeks ago about it. And he said to me, he goes, you know, it's really hard to judge quarterbacks in training camp. He said, quarterback, he goes, don't try to evaluate a quarterback in training camp. I, then I talked to another personnel guy, and he was on a team that had, you know, a really good quarterback. It was probably 10 years ago. And he was like, that guy sucked in training camp year after year. And the regular season came and like, we were good. So, you know, like, you know, I like the, the 2019 training camp with Mitch was all, is always the, like that, that the little siren in the back of your head because they spent all summer and, and I, I, I look hand up, like I, I kind of fell for some of it. Like, oh, we want him to throw these interceptions. He's taking these chances. And, you know, like, he's just learning. You know, he's just getting comfortable, and it'll be fine. And then we all saw what happened when the Packers came to town. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be very careful. I've done this on your podcast before where I bring up a comparison to, from Fields to Mitch, and I, I don't want to do that. It's not what I'm saying here. I'm just I, – like, I use that as the barometer of we have to be careful with camp in both directions. So this is my long way of saying that, like, talk to me – at 7 p.m. on September 10th, and I'll feel much better about what he can be because I think we all know what he's capable of. Right. I, I just I, I'll, I'll, one more thing on this, Jason. Like, I, Justin Fields was by almost any any statistical measure was the worst quarterback in football in the fourth quarter last year. Like, you know, you pick a stat and he was 31st, 32nd, sometimes 35th. Okay. And I know what he was doing with the offensive line. I know about having the first time playbook. I saw those receivers every day that he was working with. I know every particular, every factor. 
but you cannot finish that poorly and not shoulder some of the responsibility for that. And to Justin Fields' credit, the first person who would admit that is Justin Fields. He will always be right up front to say that, like, the things he needs to improve on. Ryan Poles, Luke Getzey have talked about it. Like, they're, 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 like, the team is not shying away from he needs to continue to grow and progress. So I just always kind of remember that with, like, this thing still needs to – we still need to see that we, – we haven't seen what this thing is capable of, and I'm not sure when or if we will see it at, at its full potential. How worried are you about the offensive line and the injuries and just not playing together in the preseason? Yeah, that's, you know, it's one of those things where they certainly don't feel that worried about it. You know, when you talk to them, um, you know, Matt Eberfus had a staunch defense for Nate Davis today. He's like, I played against Nate Davis for a few years in the AFC South. I know what he can do, and I'm not worried about him. Um, So, you know, maybe Nate Davis is one of those guys who – like that just that he just he's not a practice guy and you he will show it in the game mm-hmm. um you know darnell Wright, you know he's going to have his natural rookie up and downs so that's just going to happen um you know it's just such a bummer about tevin jenkins man because like when that dude is healthy like we saw little glimpses that there was something there there was a mauler there and and, and who knows when he's gonna be back so you know that that you know to, to the fields question that does give me a little concern too that like he's gonna be working with another new group of five it's not gonna be the same group of five all year um look i i think that um i think you know justin fields is certainly most like physically gifted quarterback i've seen here i think we could all agree on that and yeah. and I, I you know the dude like work ethic's not a question mark leadership's not a question mark i just want to see i just want to see him make those plays in the fourth quarter i want to see him lead those touchdown drives he's gonna need that offensive line to help him out and um he's gonna have to trust them too like it comes to that too because he's got to have to be able to trust them and not bail out quickly um you know there was a throw jason i saw early uh, middle of camp just an out route to dj moore just one two boom anticipatory throw through to a spot before dj turned around hit him in the hands beautiful you're like there it is like can you do that a lot this year because dj moore is unbelievable best receiver i've seen in 11 years covering the team and i covered brandon marshall i covered al shadow I I yeah i covered a rob so it's not like you know it's not like the moose muhammad you know bears uh receivers <laughs> where he said we're receivers gonna die right like there was some pretty yeah. good guys I, yeah. I covered here so yeah. You know, but DJ Moore is like he—he's just smooth, man. He is so smooth, and I think he's going to make such a big difference for everybody. And and that—that's what I'm looking forward to seeing because the, the Fields Moore connection I do think is real. Um, and it's just kind of how far can that go, and, and how much can else can open up for everybody on offense. Well, we will uh, promptly title this episode "In Valus We Trust" because of you. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us, man. Uh, always good to see you, brother. And uh, wipe from your mind that conversation that you jumped into uh, the the meeting that I was having about the White Sox and their fan base, and <clears throat> you know where they hide things. Don't just don't don't reference that, okay? I'm just glad you didn't uh, bring me into Northwestern conversation because can't do that. Oh yeah, I forget. Oh yeah. Oh, well, sorry. I'm gonna text you. Time, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna text you some awful things. Okay, so please, I'll, please I'll send do. those to your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm ready for basketball season. 
Chris Collins, sure <laughs> Chris Collins, we trust, baby. My man, Kevin Fishbane, right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go Uh, Pete Futek from collegefootballnews.com. And also, all the other outlets that you can hear him on, see him on. Uh, Pete and I go way back. You know, back in the day, we were tasked with the uh, the unenviable uh, task of, uh, of um, entertaining folks on a Saturday afternoon live you from the airport. You thought they would have given us, like, waffles <laughs> or something. I don't, something. I they, like that, you, they could have, something. You could have had like the free breakfast over on the side that they were feeding everyone else. You could have thrown me a muffin or something. Nothing. I think, you know, they got a Diet Coke out of the deal or something. <laughs> and the man has come with me to every single stop from that point on, whether it be Atlanta, <laughs> whether it be Bleacher Report. Now he's hanging out with us here on the Full Go Podcast. Pete Futak, always good to see you. Always good to talk to you, brother. Um, I'm going to cut straight to the chase. Uh, is <laughs> are the USC Trojans gonna do what every Bears fan hopes they do and and rest Caleb Williams through some of this season so that he doesn't befall some kind of weird injury like this dude I haven't seen and and mind you the glow up like we saw it real time where it's mid game it's like up oh, that quarterback ain't shit let's bring in the other guy who's awesome and then he tears it down then he transfers then he wins a Heisman then he comes back he's the odds on Heisman favorite again like is this Caleb Williams world and everybody else is just living in it man do you remember Marcus Lattimore? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Actually, I remember Marcus Lattimore so much so that when I moved down to Atlanta, the game that he got hurt, I believe it was against the Tennessee Volunteers, if I'm not mistaken. I was in a residence in Longstay, whatever the hell it is, where you just they got like Speaking dishes, of free breakfast and muffins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got like dishes and bad pizza around the corner, and you're just living in like a, a pretty much a, a furnished crack house. I did that for a week, and all I did was watch sec football and in that stay i saw marcus Lattimore have one of the worst injuries i've ever seen in sports and i felt bad at the time i know he went back and got his degree i knew he was on the 49ers coaching staff i believe for a little bit but i do remember yeah. marcus Lattimore. well i got this is before the social media world and i mean I, this is i'm like you're 25 and doing this CFM. yes sir so this is back in the back in the message board world uh, I had my hot take, which we actually I actually believed, and I still do, that why was Marcus Lattimore playing? I mean, I didn't do this as he got hurt because I didn't want to like be opportunist. But at the time, he was considered a possible top 10-ish overall draft pick. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing risking your future? This is before NIL money. I mean, there was money, but just not you know, like it is now. Uh, but why were you risking yourself? And all the colleges are like, oh, my gosh, how are you? These kids who are skipping bowl games. How dare Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette skip a bowl game? Uh, and I had the same thing with, uh, gosh, Jadavion Clowney. Yep. When, like, why is Jadavion Clowney playing one more down of college football when he has to? Now, fast forward to now, you know, Caleb Williams is doing a Wendy's commercial. I think it's a Wendy's commercial. Mm-hmm. He's doing a, some sort of major commercials. You know, Bryce Young was doing Dr. Pepper commercials. But no joking, during this college expansion thing, where they're talking about which teams are getting all this money. Justin Herbert just signed a contract. He's going to make more money this year than every single SEC team is going to make with their media deal. (laughs) Jalen Hurts is going to make more money this year than the entire Mountain West is going to make off of its media deal. The money we are talking about 
is obscene. It is so obnoxious. So when we're talking about Caleb Williams, oh, he got a, you know, he's getting maybe a million dollars in NIL money and stuff. These guys are getting a hundred mil for what they're doing. And that's off the second contract. They want to get through the rookie contract and all that. So, yeah, I, I, it's going to happen sooner. Someone's going to say, his agent's going to be like, uh, Caleb, this, these ads and this you know, Heisman thing is cute and all, but what are you doing? The Arizona Cardinals are about to make you a hundred gajillionaire dollars, million dollars in the near future. So that's going to happen sooner than later. What up, world? It's Vic Spencer, and you're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. And that also headlines a bunch of intriguing other players, and I hate to call them other players, like star players around college football. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr., everybody's talking about. Uh, you got the, the the kid at uh, Michigan, the running back at Michigan that everybody's talking about right now, Donovan Edwards, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Blake Corum and Blake Corum. And Blake Corum, um, yeah. Who are, I always like to ask you this. Who are your favorite players? Who are the people, before we zero in on the Big Ten, who are the players that you're going to be tuning in for every Saturday, no matter where they're playing? All right, I'm going to give you three guys. And, like, the, the question you basically you're asking is, who's Joe Burrow? <laughs> you know, who is Cam Newton? Who is, you know, who's the guy who, you know, Kenny Pickett even? who goes from just being just a guy to all of a sudden being a number one overall draft pick or a top guy, top quarterback, or the guy who all of a sudden goes from zero to, you know, first round. I got three of them for you. They're all quarterbacks. Um, one of them is Riley Leonard, the quarterback of Duke, where he's kind of a bigger version of Daniel oh. Jones. Uh, at, uh, Total, truly accurate. Uh, Daniel Jones, another Duke guy, uh, accurate, can maneuver. He's going to look bad against Clemson's defense this weekend, but he is going to be one of those guys who uh, nobody really thinks anything of. And all of a sudden, the draft process, they're like, there's going to see one mock draft where he's going to go 18th to somebody. And everyone's like, who's this guy? So, Riley, there are two other guys. Tyler Shug, he was supposed to be Justin Herbert at Oregon and then Justin Herbert went Justin Herbert and so Shug transfers to Texas Tech he's never been healthy but when he's right he has got all the tools he blew up in the bowl game last year against Ole Miss he's got mobility he's got size arm strength he he's essentially another Justin Herbert playing in the Texas Tech offense that made Bailey Zappi this monster statistical guy uh, at Western Kentucky a few years ago but if he could stay healthy, he's it. And I've been pumping this guy up for since he came into college. DJ Uyunglele. Yeah. If you want to talk about just the every, every tool in the box, 6'4", 245, mobile, arm, everything is there. But he just didn't let it rip at Clemson. He didn't have the receivers. Didn't seem quite – seemed kind of playing tentatively. But as we see, when quarterbacks make that transfer, like Bo Nix did last year from Auburn to Oregon, all of a sudden, you know, boom, everything hit. Joe Burrow you know, was just a guy at, L at Ohio State and then LSU, and then finally he you know, blew up as a 34-year-old you know, senior there. Same with Kenny Pickett at Pitt. Uh, but Uyunglele now at Oregon State is ripping it up, and if he can put it all together – Someone's going to look at him and say, yeah, that's my quarterback. That's, that's Josh Allen, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck sized guy with all those tools. 
but he has to have one monster season. Miami, Texas, Florida State. Every single year, we get a little get a little breadcrumbs. You know, we talk crazy. Maybe a game early on is like, uh oh, such and such is back. Which team is back, and which team is going to fall flat? Well, so I was kind of saying the back to what? Because <laughs> if you remember, you're saying what? What is what is what does it mean by being great again? Sorry, if you're Texas, if you're uh, because remember when Texas was back and awesome, that means they were winning 12 games every year and not winning right. the national championship with all that talent until Vince Young bailed them out and Pete Carroll didn't put Reggie Bush in on a fourth down there. But for that, we're still talking about a you know national title list. Uh, Texas team since what 76 or 77 or whatever it's been. So uh, it, it, it's so Texas, they're good enough, but they got to do it this year. Cause next season hell's coming to breakfast when they go to the sec and they run into that wall for the rest of our lives. Uh, Miami's good. I mean, they've got a lot that they're still building up. They've got a good starting 22, but they're never going to be at that level. One, because they were just way cool back then. And two, they've got everybody in the state of Florida, as they put it, the state of Miami, where they put a fence around that area and no one could get in. Uh, so they're never going to quite do that again. So to answer your question, Florida State's probably closer uh, because they're in the ACC, like Miami is, but and they're winnable and they have a good base, and they have the, the funds, and they have the transfer portal. So out of those three, I'd probably say this year Florida State is closer, even though I do think they're going to lose to LSU this weekend and probably to Clemson as well in a couple of weeks. But Florida State out of those three. All right, let's jump in the Big Ten. Is there a possibility that two or more participants from the Big Ten are in the CFP? Like, are we looking at an SEC type of year before the Big Ten turns into whatever it turns into with USC and UCLA and all the other teams? that are coming which it turns into the biggest badass conference going and that's by the way the sec blew it in the college conference expansion stuff everyone keeps talking about oh it's the big 10 the sec no no it's it's the big 10 and everyone else especially money wise because they're gonna like double up the payouts that the sec is gonna pay out very soon but but i digress but yeah it's look you know michigan and ohio state did it last year uh, they might do it again. They, they're the, Penn State's just a half click behind them, but I think it's going to come down to Ohio State, Michigan again uh, to see who gets mm. to the college football playoff because that winner of that probably wins a Big Ten championship. But I think the loser probably somehow gets in. So I still think both of them are going to get in for a second year in a row because this Ohio State team's a monster. It's probably not losing to anybody else. If they do, it's Penn State. This Michigan team is the best one yet under Harbaugh. It's not losing anybody else. And if it does, it's Penn State. And if Penn State can split between those two and not screw it up through anybody else, that's going to be an interesting thing. But remember, it's the last year of the four-team college football playoff before we go to 12. They keep it the same like they were planning on doing it. So we still have yet to see a team get in with multiple losses. you got to – one loss, undefeated, win your power five. What are we expecting out of the Purdue's and the Illinois of the world who were spunky enough last year, right? Obviously, Purdue winning the Big Ten West. Illinois with the killer defense and top five pick, top six pick goes to the Detroit Lions. It seems like they still got some stuff on the shelf there. Offensively, we're going to find out what Illinois truly is. But what, what do you think of some of these second and maybe third tier schools in the Big Ten in terms of their hopes? And Minnesota. I mean, that's a team that's been kind of knocking on that door for a while. But but out of that whole group, though, 
Wisconsin's going to discover this <laughs> thing called the forward pass that the kids have all, you know, grooving to now. It's it, they as as great as Wisconsin's been for so long, and they did have Russell Wilson. They did actually bomb away for a year. Uh, they have had some good players, but nothing like they're about to have now with Luke Fickle and this new offense that's showing up. So Wisconsin, if it can fit what it did to become Wisconsin with the downfield pass that's probably the team and again this is a little different than we're going to be talking next year because next year when you're talking about a 12-team playoff the goal for a Purdue or an Illinois you're not these teams are never going to go 13-0 in the Big Ten but they can go 10-2 and and they can be 11th in the country and make it into the college football playoff I mean Northwestern uh, would have gotten into a college football playoff maybe uh, a few years ago so it is going to be possible, and the goalposts are going to move on what we set the expectations on these teams are. But it'll it'll be a pretty solid, strong year the in the West. The bottom of the Big Ten. A whole lot of good know, teams the, there. I no never thought the Scott Frost Nebraska thing was going to work. I was on record as saying as such. He called me a hater, whatever the case may be. But now Matt Rule is into the equation, and we knew what he was the last time we saw him. Carolina wasn't good, but he's still, I think, uh, a college football coach through and through. And I think we're going to see that. How, how quick do you think that turnaround will be? And also, you know, is there going to be that attraction, like you mentioned, with all the money and the doubling down and, and the bigger conference that the Big Ten is going to get real name coaches and continue to get name coaches to coach programs that have you know, fallen by the wayside? Yeah, I was asked this the other day, and it was about Harbaugh. And it said, well, when's Jim Harbaugh going to go to the NFL? And my answer was, why? And take a pay cut? I mean, because look at what's happening now. <laughs> you, know, you know, who the heck's Matt, Matt Eberflus? You know, who are these coaches that, you know, can you, like, I don't know who the coach of the, you know, the Carolina <laughs> Panthers coach is probably something really famous now, but uh, who am I missing here? I mean, like, it's like, you know, you have just guys who are coaching NFL teams. There's no Jimmy Johnson. I mean, Belichick is still around. They just get some, you know, 14 year old offensive coordinator, like who wants to be another Sean McVay. They pay him $12 and, uh, you know, a, they let him upgrade his subway to a foot long. And that's, they pay him that college coaches get the, uh, the full, you know, the, the gigantic, you win one game. You win one big game as a college coach, and all of a sudden you get three years locked on your mm. guaranteed deal. Like, look at a guy like Mel Tucker, who got paid his. He beats Michigan, all of a sudden he gets his ninety million. Like, it, there's no reason for these college guys to go, and so that's the more attractive deal. Not to Nebraska and Matt Rule. The problem with Nebraska is, like you said. I don't know how national right. Nebraska is. Now Nebraska thinks it's national, and if it gets good, it'll get national. But it's not like you have the greater, you know, Omaha metropolitan area as a as a massive draw. And the other problem with Nebraska to be old school here is they can't really do the things that made them Nebraska back in the day, where you know you take a 110 pound kid off the farm and all of a sudden he's you know 275 pounds and runs a four. 140 it's a it's it's a, it's a little bit different and they've really sort of lost the and to, to the credit of uh Bo Pelina the former head coach who kind of you know write about this at the time he, he was like wait this move to the Big Ten sounds good but we're gonna lose our pipeline to Texas and everyone's like yeah well you're in the Big Ten now you'll figure it out and sure enough recruiting's been tough they have not gotten the same guys there that they were able to get and that's what Scott Frost was able to do and hasn't quite lastly worked. 
how do you feel about your sport right now, man? Like, I, I don't know too many guys who appreciate the ins and outs, uh, the funny things that we, you know, we're not supposed to joke about. And also the really weird things about college football, the way that you do. Um, Ryan Russillo talked about this on his pod about how it's changing and it feels like college football is telling its fan base, Hey, we don't give a damn. We're going to do whatever we want to do. And we know you coming along for the ride. How, how do you, how are you feeling about the, the super conferences? How are you feeling about the, the ecosphere that is college football right now? Adapt or die. I mean, look, when I first started uh, CFN, the Southwest conference, Oh my God. We're getting rid of the Southwest Conference for the Big 12. The college football is over. It'll never be the same. Oh, my gosh. Think about where when I started this thing to where it is now. You can watch any game you want. You can watch all of them, ESPN Plus, all these different networks. You can watch you know, Jacksonville State play East Tennessee this weekend on TV if you want. The other key thing is every step that seems to be, oh, my gosh, that's it for college football, it's all okay. Oh my gosh, these Bryce Young's doing a Dr. Pepper at oh my God. Like, it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, everything's gonna be all right. They'll be fine. These super conferences. Oh, the remember, just keep the, the thing that college fans forget. It's all show business. It, it, Joe Namath actually put it this way: it's show business, baby. It's a game, it's a sport. We're not talking about an English department. We're talking about, you know, just an entertainment product. And if you get that this is just entertainment, it's just for show, that it's not some, oh, my greater good, the University of Alabama, like there's some big thing that matters, it, which it does from a PR standpoint, it's just for fun. And that's all college football is. And it's getting bigger and stronger and more rich. And it's getting it's, getting its own lane. And the other thing to remember in all this is that places like Norman, Oklahoma, places like Tuscaloosa, Alabama, they don't have NFL teams. This is their, they say, oh, it's coming more and more like the NFL. Okay, to these little college towns and all those big 12 places, it kind of is. You know, you're going to see this weekend, you're going to see all the, if you're like, oh, look, only, you know, half the crowd showed up to this USC game. Yeah, they live in LA where it's stuff to do. You know, they have NFL teams, they have other stuff. You know, a lot of these places, their colleges don't. So. There's always going to be big time college football. You're always going to have the fan bases and there's always going to, it's always going to be okay with the one exception that can screw this all up sports gambling. Every kid has the app on their phone. Every kid gambles. How do you put that back in the box? If you're going to have to figure that one out, if you're the NCAA, that's the one part of this whole equation that can mess everyone up. But other than that, college football is going to be just. All right. Lastly, speaking of sports betting, what's the uh, what's the juiciest game on the schedule in Week One of the college football season? I like LSU to beat Florida State. I, I'm not quite buying into Florida State quite yet. I'm a pure believer. I'm a Power Five snob, uh, so always say in the Week One, especially Power Five over Group of Five, except for Coastal Carolina to cover against UCLA. That's a pretty decent one. And the thing to watch for the sports betting public out there who cares about the investments, we now have, you know, talk about being more like the NFL. They changed the play clock where it used to be, they used to stop the clock after first downs, and which meant games were mm -hmm. like seven and a half hours. And they just took all day. And as we saw in week zero, 
when they have the running clock after after first downs, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, this game went fast. I mean, this game's over with now. So all of a sudden, how does that really affect the unders? Now the under went four and three this last week, so mm. we still don't know yet. But what you're going to see is you're going to see Air Force have a 15 minute drive. And I'm not really exaggerating here because if you're one of those teams that can be great on third downs, if you're Michigan with Corum and Edwards, you just grind out drive after drive. And all of a sudden, you know, it's the score is 28-3 and the other team doesn't have a shot. They've only had possession of the ball five times. So that's going to change everything. So see how this goes as the season goes on and just see how fast the, the uh, point totals change and see if you can adapt to that fast. Ah, a little tidbit for all of our people out there on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All right, go with those unders for the first couple of weeks. For entertainment purposes only. And if you have a problem, make sure you hit up Pete Futak. Don't bring that nonsense (laughs) my way. Pete said it, I didn't. Ladies and gentlemen, Pete Futak from collegefootballnews.com, brother. I appreciate you. We're going to check in with you throughout the season. Always love hearing from you, man. Thank you so much for your time. Good seeing you all. Have a good one. It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Go podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. That's all the time we have for episode 283 of the Full Go podcast. I want to thank our guest, Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic, and of course, Pete Futek of collegefootballnews.com. We were all football all the time here on episode 283. I want to thank our production staff, as always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti, the exceptional one, Kyle Williams, the chief vibes officer himself, Chris Sutton, and my main man, Tony Gill. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff on location in Los Angeles. Thanking y'all for hanging out with us. Thanking you for downloading this thing. Thank you for subscribing to it. Following us on the socials, rating and reviewing us, giving us the five stars you know we need. If not, we're going to see you in these streets. And as always, uh, we leave you with this. Take care of each other. Be safe. And of course, remember to stay sucker free. We will catch you on Thursday right here on the Full Go Podcast. Must be 21 and over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. 1-800- nine with it in indiana 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in kansas 1-877-770-STOP in louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in maryland visit 1-800-gambler.net in west virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in wyoming hope is here visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.